Hello, people of the universe, and welcome to another episode of Marshall's Bazaar, starring me, Marshall Brown. Now, as I'm continuing to figure out how to get this uh, whole sound thing to work when it comes to guest interviews, I will ask once again that you bear with me as I continue to make this work. You'll probably still hear a little bit more of the bounce back of the walls as most people are uncomfortable with getting in a really, really tight closet to record this. But I digress. Let's get things started. Today, we're going to be talking about living around the world and what it's like. And to help me with this special topic, I brought a very special person along to help me and to help everybody else understand what it's like. Please welcome probably the actual greatest human being ever, Katie Blackburn. Hi, thank you, Marshall. <laughs> now, of course, this would be the part where I ask that you introduce yourself to the millions of billions of people, but I'm not going to I'm not going to ask you to do that. You are somebody who needs no introduction. Of course, anybody that follows my content will be very familiar with you as you were a guest singer on my uh, song called A Song About Each Other, which we co-wrote for the album Save My Love. And you were a guest many a times on my video stuff, on weekend vlogs and other things. And of course, you've been a huge part of my life for as far back as 2013. That's very long. Like, like, very long. Like, four and a half years. But it's awesome. It's just... Four and a half years of a wonderful friendship. <laughs> We've done everything together. From playing musical instruments in a band, to trying to climb rocks in the dark to avoid really scary bears, which were probably hibernating anyways, <laughs> to, well, being right here so that we can bring to you a great story about what it's like to, you know, not live in the United States. So, with that being said, let's get things started. Katie... I want you to take me back to the very beginning when it comes to when you first moved to one of the many places there are in Asia, and I want you to talk to me about basically in this first span, um, everywhere that you lived up to now. Go. Okay. Well, that's a lot thrown at me, so I'm going going to take you guys back um, to my childhood. I was really fortunate to live overseas, as Marshall was saying. And I got to move to Hong Kong when I was about five years old. And I think Hong Kong was probably one of my favorite places. I don't like to say I have favorites, but it was one of my favorites because I think um, since I was so young, everything was beautiful. The weather there is always gorgeous and sunny and it's warm. Got the best tan when I was living there. Um, we were able to live in like a neighborhood where we had a good view of the South China Sea. So it was really gorgeous. Um, sometimes the air pollution was bad. I remember being in school and they would announce like the air pollution index is over 100 and oh. kids who had like asthma and other allergies um, weren't able to go outside. So. Sounds painful. Yeah, it was bad. They'd have to play like inside. Um, what else? Okay. Uh, another great thing about living in Hong Kong that I didn't realize as a child was like all the cool opportunities there are to do like in a big city like that. Um, you have different kinds of transit. The uh, subway there, if I remember correctly, is called uh, the Octopus. So if you get on, instead of having like an eight uh, subway card, you had an Octopus card and you would scan it hmm. or you could pay cash. So that's like so. their own version of the Metro. Right. Okay, without getting too off topic, you said you lived in Hong Kong. Oh, in right, cities. Initially? <laughs> Just write them off. So, okay, Hong Kong initially, then Tokyo, Japan then Montreal, Canada, and now I'm here in Winston-Salem. <laughs> All right. 
Well, then, let's just start with uh, more things about Hong Kong. You mentioned that um, pollution there was very bad. Yeah, uh, the air pollution was really bad. I can't say it's as bad as, like, a city like um, Mexico City, anything like that. But it was... I was lucky enough not to have any problems, but actually, I don't know if Kelly told you this. She actually developed uh, mild asthma while we were there. Oh, no. um, A sensitivity to it, so she had an inhaler. While we were there. And um, sometimes, like, we would be taking... In Hong Kong, there's, like, three different major islands that you can go between. And uh, there's, like, a ferry that takes you between each one. And it's called the Star Ferry. Each Star Ferry has its own name. And if you're going on the Star Ferry, you would see a bunch of, like, plastic bags and stuff in the ocean sometimes. Not always. I think they're doing better about cleaning up. How are... How have you... Have you seen um, cleanup efforts happening when you live there? Ooh, uh, I don't think I saw it firsthand. Other than like being with my school and helping in our own projects, I don't think I saw. Did you and Kelly ever city. try and contribute to possibly helping around your neighborhood and cleaning up? Well, since... or did you just make more of a mess? <laughs> uh, well, we were good kids. I don't think we made too much of a mess. There okay. were there were other kids in my neighborhood um, around Chinese New Year. You would always get. Um, do you know what mecons are? Like these. Uh, have you ever, or Mandarin oranges? Is okay, call okay, them? I know what those okay, are. Okay, think of those, and then think of like a baby version of the Mandarin orange. Those little oranges people would get around Chinese New Year, and they, the little, other little kids in the neighborhood would throw them at each other, like pick it off, because people would have patios. They would go up to their porch, pick the little oranges off the plant, and then just hurl them at each other, or like <laughs> hurl it in the road and watch people like run over them and the juice squirt out. Oh. It was... <laughs> Yeah, they were bad. Bad kids. And we had a security enforcement in the neighborhood, and they got in trouble for that all the time. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that just brings up more questions than answers, obviously, <laughs> just to mention that. Sorry but to confuse you. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's interesting, nevertheless. Um, all right, so here's my next question. Uh, when did you leave uh, Hong Kong and start living in China? Oh, okay. So Hong Kong is part of China. My bad. You meant Japan? Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, I left Hong Kong when I was about 12. So I completed most of my elementary school in Hong Kong, and then I was moving on to middle school in Tokyo. Okay, so what was that like? That was a huge culture shock. (laughs) Even though it's still technically Asia, uh, it was different because in Japan, things are so neat and so clean, and there's a process and an order and a system for everything. And that's wonderful because things flow really smoothly. I mean, when I was living there, I didn't have to take the subway, um, but I could if I ever got lost. Like, let's say my bus didn't come on time. I could take the subway anywhere I wanted to go, and the train was never more than two minutes late. You could actually get a pass there. Like, if you went to work and you were late and the train was running late and that's what made you late, you could get a pass that said... That's what the problem was. Seems as if one of the bigger differences between there and here is that public transportation is everything and anything. Oh, yeah. You don't even need a car there, really. I mean, we had a car in Tokyo, and we did not need one, honestly. Wow. The streets are really narrow there, and actually some of the street poles came out into the street, so you kind of had to, like, weave as you were driving on the street to avoid hitting them. And honestly, even though they were two-way streets, they really should have been one way. It was really tight. Tight quarters. Right. Oh, by the way, I just want to bring up, for those of you who don't know who Kelly Blackburn is, what are you, living under a rock? (laughs) And um, also, she is Katie's sister. And, of course, they've grown up together because, you know, sister and sister, that's how it works. 
Um, all right. So how did I want to actually talk a little bit more about her, Kelly? If you're listening, I'm sorry in Hi, advance. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, how did she handle the move? Because I know that you talked about uh, you moving. Uh, with your family to Japan when you were starting middle school, that would mean that Kelly would still be in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. Uh, she always got the short end of the stick when we were moving because the times that we moved were at an odd time in her schooling. So she, I don't think she did too bad when we moved from elementary, like, so from Hong Kong to Tokyo, she was okay because she was like a social butterfly. And oh, we yeah. joke around about how she could just like bring out the best in other people and like she made a ton of friends and, and I'm about that. totally fine. But I will say that when we, when we moved from the US to Hong Kong, she was only three. And when I started going to kindergarten and first grade and all of that stuff, she wasn't able to go to school yet besides like preschool. Okay. And my parents were trying to save money because the company didn't pay for preschool. It only paid for like actual kindergarten and the rest of school. Okay. Uh, and so... She got really lonely when I would go to class. Like when I would go to kindergarten, she would see my bus pull out. Like, cause you could, we had a bay window in the living room and you could see the bus pull away when I was going to school. And she would stand by the window and just like sob. And she was, <laughs> I don't know, like she was really sad. Mom said she Aww. would see her like sitting in the chair and just like mourning, like, or moping around being sad that I was gone because I was like the person she played with all the time. Yeah, I probably I pretty much feel the same way. In fact, you don't know this, but that's pretty much the exact same feeling that I had for every waking second that I realized you weren't here. Oh, Marsh! <laughs> I miss you too. It's been, <laughs> it's been pretty hard living super far away. Um, and the drive here, thank goodness it was smooth, but it was still two hours. <laughs> you drove the entire length of any of the Transformers movies. <laughs> Exactly. Just pick one. They're all the same. Isn't one of them like three hours? (laughs) Okay, without getting too off topic. Uh, We digress. (laughs) Without getting too off topic, I want to talk about how and why you moved to Canada. Because in conversation, you definitely bring up a lot that you associate with yourself more as a Canadian than anything else. Oh, that's fair. Uh, I think it's because when I was living in Canada, it was so similar to, or I felt like it was similar to if I had lived here in the United States. We moved there because uh, my dad had a position, a job offer there. Uh, And we had, before we do every move, we always had a family conversation about how this would affect everybody and how they would feel about it and if we should do it. As most families do. Exactly. And uh, right before we moved to Montreal, I was going to be a freshman in high school. Right. So that's a big change. It is. I mean, it's it's always a big change. Every time you switch to a big stage of your life, elementary to middle to high school to college. Uh, so I was questioned the most about it and how I would feel. And I was like, honestly, I mean, it's what's best for our whole family. And if that's what's best for you guys, then I'll adapt. And since it's my first year in high school, other people are going to be, it's their first year in high school. So I think the transition will be smooth for everybody. We'll all be new. So it'll be a little bit easier to make friends. What I didn't know was in Montreal, they start high school in seventh grade and it goes through grade 11. And so by the time I got there in ninth grade, people had known each other for two years. Oh, yeah. So it was kind of awkward. Like I remember sitting in the gymnasium and feeling really uncomfortable because there were clear like cliques of people who already knew each other. And the school that I was going to was a private school. So it was even a smaller bubble to pick from. So it was a little hard to acclimate at first. But I liked it because um, once I did connect with my friends that I have now, 
just like I did at Elon, like smaller groups, once you find your group, you find your niche and you still do fine. Right. So where would you say you feel the most comfortable? Would it be here, Canada, Hong Kong, or Japan? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think it's a fair comparison because when I was living in those different places, I was at a different stage of my life. And so I had different needs and I had different wants. And as a kid, you take for granted all of the privileges that you have and like everything's kind of been taken care of. Living on my own right now, I can tell you, I could not agree more. Right? Being an adult is hard. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I would say all of them were a comfortable place to live, but in different ways. You couldn't pick a favorite? No, I can't. I know I told you Hong Kong, but it's different again because I was a little kid, so everything was like sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also finding it hard to breathe because pollution. Well, yeah. And actually, it wasn't as bad when we were there. I mean, you brought that up. Are you sure it's sunshine and rainbows if you can't (laughs) breathe? Well, I mean, I could breathe. Uh, I didn't have a problem, and it was actually a lot nicer than than it is now. Like, if you go now... It's not great. (laughs) So I got to tell you, this is kind of somewhat of an experience that I share with Katie. And to all the people listening at home, you may or may not know that for about 12 or 13-ish years of my life, I was born and raised in a place called Irving. That's in Texas. And in 2007, my family moved to Maryland. And we lived there from around uh, 2007 to today. And then, little trailblazer that I am, I was the first of the Brown family to move to the Carolinas. But beyond my experience, I gotta tell you, it's similar but not the same. I couldn't imagine living in other parts of the world. That is something that I will always respect and cherish about you. I'm just gonna throw that out there, Katie. (laughs) Thanks, Marsh. So let's move on to a couple more questions with the time that we have. So, what languages besides English do you know? Well, um... I remember a little bit of Mandarin uh, when I was in Hong Kong. Uh, I would say the language that I'm most comfortable speaking is Japanese. Um, I would not say that I'm fluent or semi-fluent, but I would say that I'm pretty conversational. And uh, then I would say French. And I'm okay with reading and writing French, but I'm really not good at perfecting the accent when it comes to speaking French. (laughs) So... I find it very important to be able to know different languages. I mean, if you put on your resume that you know Spanish, nobody will take you seriously because, you know, pretty much everybody knows Spanish. No way. I would disagree. There's not everybody that knows Spanish. Well, from what I know, it's kind of just something you have to know, especially living in Texas at the time. It was something they were starting to push in elementary schools. And then I just picked it up and continued from there. And, well, you saw Costa Rica. (laughs) Let's just say I've learned very well. Mm-hmm. But uh, without talking too much about myself, I got a couple other questions about your experience. So did current events or political events affect how you lived in the different parts of the world that you lived in? Ooh, that's also a good question. Uh, I felt kind of disconnected um, as a kid. Uh I will say, however, I do remember when 9-11 happened. I do too. Um, I think everybody can say that. uh, But it was different for me because since we were ahead of time, you know, a day ahead, I didn't hear about it until the day after. Yeah. So uh, I remember seeing it on TV in school and then we took the rest of the day off to commemorate the people that were killed. Um, It was very hard for me because my parents worked at American Airlines. I'll tell you about it after I push the stop button on this thing. Sure. 
we're getting a little close to that, but right now, uh, I'm going to stop hitting you with the little uh, tough political interview questions, <laughs> as they do sometimes, um, and now I'm going to ask you the really fun best friend questions. So, um, the drive over here was nice. <laughs> But you made a stop for gas. I did. How much did you pay for the gas? Oh, well, I was lucky. I already had half a tank full, so I only paid like eight bucks. But how much was the price per gallon? Two eleven. Ooh, see, that's your problem because there are plenty of places around here where you can get dollar ninety nine gas. What in the world? Go Google it. How just, is gas so cheap here? <laughs> it it can be it can be cheaper. You just got to know where to look. It's cheaper because cost of living here is higher. <laughs> uh, let's not talk. Am about, I wrong? Am let, I wrong? <laughs> let's not talk about that now. And of course, you're still um, like myself, uh, trying to get by in this crazy world and stuff. And I just want to know right now, you haven't necessarily found uh, another job outside of your tax accountant thing, if I'm correct? You're still That's looking? Right. That's right. Right, right. Um, here's a fun question. You're an exercise science major. If you could do anything in the world, like any possibility whatsoever at the palm of your hand, what would you choose to do and why? Oh, that's a great question. Um, if I could do anything, if money and all the other things were not a factor okay. and like, let's say I could bring my friends with me, technically all of that <laughs> stuff, uh, then I would travel around the world like I used to do. And I would probably want to speak with a lot of different people and kind of do, um, what's the title? Like a traveling reporter. It's not a reporter though. I can't remember the actual title, but I would love to just interview different cultures and kind of bounce from country to country and get to interact with people. Hmm. Again, uh, not much to do with your exercise science major, but... <laughs> well, pause, pause for cause. Um, <laughs> I wanted to link that with exercise science by being somebody who helped treat people that had like problems walking and problems moving their arms but being able to do it like in different languages and in different countries so i guess you could say like a pair a traveling paramedic oh yeah <laughs> sort of <laughs> all right i got two more questions for you before we wrap things up first of all can't thank you enough for being here and taking time out of your busy day to do you stuff you're welcome um so the whole theme of the show today uh it's not a show because you can't hear any you can't see anything it's a it's you only hear things so it's more of a a listen. <laughs> a listen? <laughs> yeah. So the whole point of this listen was to um, talk about what it was like for you to live in other parts of the world. What do you think, this is the big one, um, what do you think is the greatest lesson that you possibly could have learned or did in fact learn um, when you lived in your different homes that you had? What was the biggest takeaway from all of that? Ooh, okay. Biggest takeaway from Hong Kong, Tokyo, and Montreal. Yeah. Okay. Um, biggest, I'm going to do them in different order, so bear with me here. Okay. Uh, I would say the biggest takeaway I took from living at my home in Tokyo was uh, don't take customer service for granted. They have an excellent customer service system there, and they can be there within five minutes that you call them part of that is just because everything's so close together but it's also cultural and just respecting uh older people so like respecting your elders there is really important so those were my two big takeaways from tokyo my big takeaway from montreal was learn to appreciate <laughs> 
the warm weather. <laughs> Which I know sounds terrible, but when Well, you're, you're definitely going to appreciate it today. Yeah, no, that's too warm. 100 <laughs> degrees, I'm, eh, you know. <laughs> I feel right at home oh, because gosh. my home in Texas was pretty much that. Yeah, I was going to say. But you learned to appreciate cold weather. Yeah, I did, actually. I mean, it's nice every now and then, and the snow is pretty, and it's nice to look at. Any um, other uh, life lessons you want to share with me? Other life lessons... Oh, you know what? In Hong Kong, I learned to appreciate the quality time that I had with my family there because we would always get to do special birthday parties and other events with each other. And my parents were usually able to come to all the parent-teacher conferences and all of the sports and stuff I did. So that was a really big privilege. Home again, home again, jiggity-jog, as they say. Nice to know it all. It's very interesting and I will always continue and enjoy just hearing that same story from you Katie like if you probably may not get this but me and Katie can always talk to each other for just just eons at a time very true <laughs> <laughs> all right here's my last question if you could make up any holiday what would you make Ooh, any holiday does it have to be original or can I combine stuff go ahead do whatever you want uh okay I would combine Chinese New Year with Halloween. <laughs> how would that work? I uh, don't know exactly how it would work, but it would be like a full two-week party with Ooh. a bunch of fireworks. Uh, they give money to each other in exchange on Chinese New Year, and, and you would have Halloween candy. Because and dressing up in costumes. And you would have costumes. If I had the choice of making a holiday, I would make Take Your Katie Blackburn to Work Day. Oh, stop. <laughs> It would be advantageous because there aren't that many other Katie Blackburns. That's also true. With that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Marshall's Bazaar. I hope you learned as much as I did. And with that said, I want to take this moment to really, really give so much of my thanks and good blessings and goodwill and everything to Katie Blackburn. I'm telling you, you're going places. It's amazing that, you know, we're still such close friends as we are. I'm practically part of the family. And of course, you're practically part of, you know, just my family too. It's a it's a back and forth kind of thing. It's mutual. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. But anyways, um, I want to thank you guys for listening. And don't forget to check back next month for yet another great guest episode of Marshall's Bazaar. It's right here on my SoundCloud, so don't forget to click and subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. And of course, that includes other musical type tracks I may or may not post in the future. We'll see. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See my social media stuff that I post all the time. And finally, be sure to come back here next week for an all-new episode of Marshall's Bazaar, where I'll be talking about what it's like to live without a phone for a whole week. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Say goodbye, Katie. See you guys. Thanks for listening. I said goodbye. Say goodbye, <laughs> Katie, not thank you guys for listening or whatever you said. You gotta goodbye, listen. Goodbye, Katie. <laughs> goodbye, Marshall. Goodbye. <laughs> you gotta listen more. Bye, right. Marsh. <laughs> Let's go sit on that couch. Marshall Brown, out.